Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Strategic Slut Podcast, where the aim is to open the conversation about love, sex, and dating from a feminist perspective with no judgments. Today, we have Anaya Buko on the podcast, who is a new friend of mine. Anaya is a recent university graduate who focused on psychology and women's studies. She reached out to me in the most beautiful way on Instagram as a Black woman who felt comfortable enough to talk to me outside of the academia space because we had our education in common. I really want to elevate this platform to bring voices, you know, and for them to be heard, their stories to be heard, their experiences, because I cannot personally speak from experience. As a white woman, I know where that privilege lays. So I want to thank you so much, Anaya, for being here. And I'm so excited to talk to you. Hi, it's so nice to meet. I'm saying meet like we didn't just have a conversation, but it's so nice to talk to you. Um, I, w- I would love for you to share a little bit more about yourself and what you're mainly passionate about, just to kind of give everyone a base of who you are and what you're all about. Absolutely. So I, like you were saying, I am a recent graduate. I focus completely on psychology and women and gender studies for my four years of schooling. Right now, I work with my school to be a gendered and sexual violence task force. Um, I am a sexual and gender, a domestic violence survivor. I was abused between the ages of 14 to 18 and coming into my first year of university and decided that I wanted to do something different. And I realized that at school, there was nobody who could speak for me or who looked like me that could help me figure out what I wanted to do and what to do about the situation that was in front of me. I was abused by a white man. And because of that, I had to be told that somebody, I had to be told that he would not get what I was looking for. And I didn't know what I was looking for at that age. And so at 21 now, I have decided to create a little platform, and it's a community dedicated to the healing of Black, Indigenous, women of color, who are other individuals who are non-binary and gender non-conforming folks um, who have experienced gender-based violence. It's called Growing in Abundance. It has to do with a lot of, or it is dedicated to the individuals. So sorry, honey, I am shaky and nervous, and this is my first time. I will be No, don't worry. Okay, okay. Slow it down. Take a breath. Okay. Everyone, I want yeah. everyone who's listening to, like, I don't edit this Just podcast because this. I don't want it to be a filtered conversation. And I want to give Anaya Grace because she does speak on some really heavy topics. And that's the point of this. But I just want to remind everyone that I don't edit this podcast for a reason and we're human and we're going to fuck up and I make a new word every single podcast episode. So don't worry. Take a breath and thank you. Come back and do it. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Hi, everybody. Again, my name is Anaya. I, like I was saying, am a sexual, gendered, violence, abuse advocate. I was abused between the ages of 14 and 18, like I was saying. So I created a little community called Growing in Abundance. It is dedicated to Black, Indigenous, women of color, non-binary folks, and gender non-conforming folks. We deserve a space where we can heal. People are limitless, and I feel as though they deserve to have spaces which are dedicated to them and only them. As you, Courtney, know, and everyone can feel and know, we are living in a world where 
black people and people of color are being treated ridiculously, awfully, and losing their lives. Um, me as a as a black woman, I felt as though we deserved a space because I couldn't find a space at school. And I made sure that from my second year and on that every single person that met me would know about my story because it wasn't a secret. And you had to know it from my black woman perspective. And you would know that my boyfriend was white and you would know that I had to experience and get told that somebody wouldn't believe me because I was black and he was white. And that the stories that I hear, Courtney, just from so many different women of color who just get to talk to me now just because I get to say something was phenomenal. So of course, my little Growing in Abundance was all about that and making a space for these individuals and for these women and for these non-binary folks. And just, you can see I'm so passionate about it that I could talk about it for hours, but that's a little bit about me. And yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I feel that passion, you know, like the topics that we discuss, they may be different, but it's the same kind of end goal. And I, I'm the same way in the sense I get onto something and girl, you can't shut me up. <laughs> I could I go on like, and on. Mine? Listen here. Sorry, I think our internet's cutting out and I can't oh. hear you. Can Hello? you hear me now? Hi. Yes. Okay. There you go. This okay, is perfect. what working from home is like, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> no, honestly, it's getting ridiculous. So I ask all of my guests on the show for their own definitions from your perspective. How would you define femininity? Okay, so I want to say that femininity is this je ne sais quoi. So to be completely honest, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. Because femininity to me is a feminine expression. And even then, it sounds like it's the exact same thing. So for me, I'm feminine because I am looked at or I'm viewed as soft, kind of. But I also know that just kind of depends on the people that I'm around. I'm also viewed as a hard ass and one of the most intimidating people you will ever know if you just see me on the street. But it is also one of those things of... I'm the sweetest individual and that to my guy friends is feminine. If I was somebody who didn't wear dresses and da 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 and stuff like that, like who am I to describe what feminine is not? So to me, femininity is limitless and it is everything that masculinity is not. And I think masculinity has to be separate from what femininity is as well. So just in itself, it is everything that somebody says that you cannot be. It is more than dresses or having a vagina. It is literally so many things that it seems so big. And I feel like that's why I can't figure out to put the right words to it. We even, I have had a course in my, this semester or last semester actually, and it was all about the philosophy philosophical like learning about femininity and everything like that and she was like you can't even put into words what it could possibly be and I even listened to your last podcast and I think it was Judith Butler that actually said quote that I'm thinking about and oh I wish I could think about it and put it to words right now performativity right 
Yes. It's, yes. Yeah. The idea of like performativity and kind of the actions we do, the hairstyles we wear, the dresses we put on, the it's exactly. the kind of petticoat thing. one. That one. Yes. yes. And just it's, that whole thing of mm-hmm. what is it what is it that femininity is not? And that's the thing. It's like femininity is not this. It's not this. It's not this. And I'm like, okay, well, why can't it be? So like <laughs> I have so many friends that don't wear like are completely opposite of me. And when I look at her, I'm like, I don't see anything else. And she was like, well, I don't feel feminine. And I was like, well, why not? Like, what is it? What do you see? And she was like, well, I have broad shoulders and my hands are big. And I'm like, okay, well, what is it? Like, what do you think I am? She was like, well, I think that you're so feminine. I was like, well, why is that? Like, you know? And so I feel like femininity is so big and so brand that even exactly that even academically we can't even figure out what it is I have sat in so many women and gender studies courses and they're like oh it's womanhood and I'm like no no let's make it bigger let's talk about this and we have all these conversations and it's just it's so grand and I can tell you that it is not just for females or those who identify as females I want all my men and those who identify as males non-binaries to express like a female energy or feminine energy and just know that that is everything that you can just be like it's just limitless to me femininity is limitless like that is what it is yeah Yeah, I fully agree it's there's no like the, the the reason we can't put our words to it is because it's complex. There's a lot of social constructions that are embedded within it. It's hard to, um, like it's hard to get out of the like embedded things that we've learned in society, all the pop cultural, like everything within it is very complex. So for us to put something into it, like we also have, because we both come from academic backgrounds when it comes to women and gender studies, you know, we, we're kind of, you know, well, sex is what you're like biologically born with and gender is the thing you identify with, but not everyone has that same mentality or education. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting for, at least for my platform, like I ask every guest because I like to see what they think. And it kind of gives us a base for me and for the audience to know where we're kind of coming from and what we think and just kind of how we even present ourselves if we identify as women, because it just gives a little bit of base knowledge. So I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's really cool. And I love that way you described it as limitless. So as I've mentioned, I want to thank you again for being here and make it clear to the audience that is not you or any woman of color, person of color responsibility to educate white people on privilege, racism, the way that race was socially constructed to disadvantage certain groups. Like this is, it's not your responsibility, but you're here. And Mm -hmm. I want to thank you and acknowledge that and let the audience know that a lot of emotional labor goes into these conversations specifically for people of color um, because they live it and hear you know, me as a white person, I cannot speak from experience. I can only speak from what I've learned in school. And the fact that I didn't know anything until I was 18 in in university is a byproduct of my own privilege. But it is our responsibility to learn and educate ourselves. 
but we can also learn a lot from the people's experiences when they're willing to share. So I just want to kind of make that disclaimer to Anaya and thank her for kind of sharing her experience because I think, you know, I've, we spoke the other night and I told her that, you know, I've done a lot of the academic work, but to actually speak to another woman and to have that conversation and the little instances of racism, and I don't want to say little as in they're minor, but it's the everydays that we, we don't think of because we don't experience it as white people. So those to me are like what I learn from, um, or bring, it brings it even bigger for my own learning. And I think that's why these conversations are important, but there is just like a weird level of, um, we have to also respect women of color and not like look to them to tell us how to act. If that makes sense. I hope that. Yeah. Everything that's going on. No, it did. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, for example, I will not and do not speak for the entire Black, Indigenous, woman of color community. Um, for Like I say, I am speaking for me. I'm speaking in 21 years. I've been Black always, like, of course. But like we were saying, Courtney, when I reached out to you, I think that sometimes people think that we're just talking about this one death or the one death that happened or that one case and it's not just that it is so much more that happens in every single thing that we do to the point where we are so tired and I say we as a collective because every single black person that is in my life has expressed to me that they feel this just wave of I just want to sleep or I can't look at this anymore Nye. and I'm tired of having to tell people over and over again this is what I am experiencing because it's just so normal for us and but also wanting to do something like but also wanting to fight and wanting to know that like if I don't do anything then like nothing is going to change and sometimes there are people that are just so tired that you don't do anything at all and you just watch and so Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely not our job to explain or discuss our traumas for you I talk about mine because I feel comfortable enough talking about it and I feel like I can help I think I have I think I have had a lot of people trust me in the past few years that I've expressed my story and especially women of color who have expressed more to me. So I'm very grateful for that. I feel like a lot of my white friends have come to me and wanted to learn more. And I am very thankful for that. Like I've explained to you when we talked yesterday that I'm glad I can be that person for a bunch of people. And even when I am being that person for people, for them to understand it is not my job to. And to educate yourself, Google, Google is there for us. We are good. Google is a friend. It's and dead ass at our disposal. <laughs> a friend. Google is a, oh, the things that Google shows me. 
And even if you feel like I won't even lie, there are some times if you feel like it's a weird conversation and you don't know what to do, incognito mode, you're boo. Like literally press it, anything that's weird, because everything comes up. And yes, you're gonna find some shitty ass things, but at the same time, you should feel comfortable to go to your black friends and in the nicest possible way ask your questions because I rather listen to somebody who is ignorant and wanting to learn than somebody who's right yeah than somebody who's coming up to me and being like no and I you're wrong da 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 this is what's happening because at that point I'm not educating I'm literally sitting there and saying you're an idiot and calling that a day and yeah it's true there's that level of like in communication in general you need to have that like kind of acceptance of like you know what, I'm owning up to the fact that I don't know something and I'm coming to you Mm -hmm. because I think that you may have the answer or you may be able to point me in the direction. And I think that goes beyond like talking about race and racism, but but it's particularly sensitive to talking about racial injustice. And that's kind of where the difference is. So for anyone listening, if you haven't engaged in these hard conversations, it's uncomfortable, but it's also uncomfortable to be seeing black men being killed in broad daylight by people who are supposed to protect people you know like Mm -hmm. that's fucking uncomfortable it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for people of color to have to and i i do generalize that because there's different instances of racism like obviously the pandemic brought on so many stereotypes and like levels of racism towards anyone who appears to be Asian things like that so I am generalizing a little bit but as you generalize it to keep in mind that still it is still black indigenous people of color you by keeping it as all of them that way we include every single one of their narratives just because especially in Canada Mm -hmm. it allows us to include the indigenous community because they have been treated very differently than all, I don't want to say all the other people of colors, but even in situations such as these, like it is black people at this moment who are experiencing a lot of hate from white and people of color. And so because of that, it's not just such an umbrella term. It should, it, I am learning to even say queer trans and then like mm-hmm. black indigenous people of color and just like do that and then say plus disabled persons and just my vocabulary is growing but for this specific situation it is more these so that you become more inclusive and that's just like a little thing it's just thank one of you those new thank you for that yeah that no i've sense. actually never heard like i've never heard anyone use that weirdly enough which yeah but the more you know like the more you learn that's why we're here so Obviously, like the recent events to have sparked a major discussion on racial injustice among social media, bringing the Black Lives Matter movement to the forefront as needed. So I would kind of love to hear your thoughts on influencers and the responsibility to use their platform right now. I know we were talking the other day about Jackie Aina, who she kind of like did a massive call to action, literally tagging specific brands who profit off the black woman aesthetic and really demanding more from these companies. And it was amazing. It it was like truly, I think a lot of people were shocked, but in like the best way, because not everyone has the balls to call out brands like that. But then you have the influencers who are going on about their days, posting their morning routines and their fucking selfies as if there aren't black people being killed on the streets, like literally in modern times. So 
let's let's discuss that. What do you what do you think influencers like need to be doing and using their platforms? Like how much can we hold people accountable? Because I know social media has its limits. Like we can't just be doing activism on social media because it it has to be more than that. But personally, I expect at least acknowledgement. Like I can't respect you as an influencer who's supposed to quote unquote have influence over people and literally getting paid to do that and not acknowledge what's happening. Like you're in a pandemic while black people are being killed on the street. Like there's two nothing else to do. You have nothing else to do but know that these two things are happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like so yeah (laughs) like nothing else to do but know that these two things are happening right now of course other things are happening but you have nothing else to do but see this so for example i just don't know like like you're choosing to ignore it right because like social media is fucking blowing up right now choosing to ignore it you have to be and the thing is if you're telling me that you so fashion over i think it was fashion over revolve and pretty little things have no black people at they that they like employ none none that they employ not one because if you're telling me that one of your employees is black that's another ridiculous thing and if your employee you have an employee that is black then you should be caring about what's going on in their lives and even aside from that black people in general you people thrive off of their cultures so I'm super freaking happy that Jackie Ina did her thing and I'm here dancing to her little like, I don't know if you've ever seen her video. She does, like, jacket, 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 jacket. And, right, I'm just yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I honestly just feel like more people should have. Like, I won't even lie. Okay. So I have grown up with the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. And that was something where, like, when I'm telling you, like, when I say grown up, like, I have watched from beginning till now. Girl, me too. (laughs) Beginning till now. So when I tell you people get, I get excited about them. So when this happened, I'm sitting here being like, Kylie, where are you? Chloe, where are you? And them posting, but like, I'm expecting you screaming, like screaming. And that's because you have such a huge platform. Like you have such a huge platform. And if we're talking about people that thrive off black culture, I will admit, like, I like the Kardashians. The Kardashians are, like, a show that I will sit down and watch. But that's so ridiculous to me that you can't even admit that Black women are so influential in your life that this is such a bigger deal. And, yes, now there are things going up. I've seen Chloe's little post, but that is such a huge influencer. Like, that's and they're also procreating with Black men. Like, ev- that is... Ugh. Everybody knows about the Kardashians and you're telling me you put a little bit of a thing going on. Like that's a little ridiculous and not even a little ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. And so things like when Jackie Ina is calling out brands, I have no problem with you calling out a brand, not a problem whatsoever, because if these brands didn't and if they didn't do something, you're losing all. I'm not. No, done done it has to be because you're not going to profit off of me it's not going to work that way that's not it's not happening and I don't know if you've seen her had a couple of tweets but their PR agents and HRs are calling her and like hey 
hey, we yeah. saw. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you did. Because she's going to be going <laughs> off. Are you crazy? Uh, there's no way in the world that Jackie it's Ina. It's using the narrative. Absolutely. This is not something that is going away. That's something that, that I've realized or not even realized. That is something that I can feel in my core. There is something going on right now where this age group and I think I saw something on Twitter was like, oh, um, I'm not even going to act like it's not a big deal to me because I love it. Like Pluto and Sagittarius. And it was like <laughs> Pluto and Sagittarius from like 19... Rick, I don't even remember, 1990-something like to 2006. Oh, I'm getting the times wrong, but like that age group is like going crazy and like wanting to fight this. Like we are here being and screaming and saying like, you need to pay attention to what is going on. And I feel like when Jackie is screaming, she was like, hey, majority of the people that are watching me are in this age group. And these are the kids that you are going to be like these are the people that you need to be paying attention to like I've already done this I've been yelling I've been screaming so now look at them watch them I'm speaking for them you want me to show off your brand and do it to what like you can see like I'm such a huge influence and you don't even care about all these lives that are all these black men that are dying black women that are dying black youth that is dying how dare you very simply like how dare you it it's is. And I'm so happy she did it. Yeah. Like I, cause you know, with what I double majored into is media and studying how media affects culture. It was called media mm-hmm. information affecting culture. And it wasn't exactly creating media. It was analyzing the media that exists and how literally how the like growth of technology has changed our world and our culture and the way that like we socialize everything embedded in that. So we, you know, at least in some of the classes I took, we analyzed like cancel culture a lot. And I think the way that this conversation is kind of, it's, it's more of a a accountability rather than canceling. And I think it's really cool. It's needed necessary, like by in every instance, and it's less about hate and it's more about like human rights. And I think that that is some of the the big puzzle piece, a lot of people who have turned a blind eye, specifically white people who have turned the blind eye to anything within racial injustice because they don't think it affects them. So it's like, whatever, like almost like it's, it's not a me problem. Um, but then, you know, we can't identify as feminists if we're not fighting for all humans. And it's not about um, all lives matter. Exactly. Don't, don't get it twisted. It's, but it's it's going down to human yeah. rights. Like this is not about politics. It's not about choosing a side. Yes, politics are involved, but it's not choosing a side here. You don't need to know anything about the election to know that all humans should be held to the same standard and identifying that Black Lives Matter movement exists for many reasons. And like in 2016, it started with, I believe, Trayvon Martin and it hasn't stopped. So like why, you know, the fact that people are starting to wake up now, thank, hello, like, welcome. But also the way that we're using social media to be activists and become allies is so important. And I really think it's quite interesting the way that brands have had to respond and be and go beyond just the PR of it because they're finally waking up and being held accountable by consumers as well. 
And I think that is like a very strategic way of making monetary change, like actually getting brands to donate thousands and thousands of dollars to organizations. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's interesting from like a critical perspective, but I also think just in the bigger scheme of things, like I, I truly believe that our generation and like younger generations have the power to change the world. And I really believe that if it continues this momentum, like we, we will be in a better place by the time like we have children, you know, and that's, that's the goal. It better fucking be like it. It has to be because at this point it's getting a little fucking ridiculous. And just like, for example, um, black lives matter, just in general, being even somebody opposing to that and saying like black lives matter yeah, but like all lives matter doesn't make sense. But you're even just talking putting about butt it. in there, right? Yeah, like like doesn't make sense to me. Like, but like everybody does. Like it doesn't make sense. It really, really doesn't. And for we, ooh, it doesn't make sense. On July thirteenth, actually, two thousand and thirteen is when Black Lives Matter movement started. Um, Trayvon Martin died in two thousand and twelve. Um, he got his murderer got an acquittal and everyone went and just went for it and <sighs> july 13th is actually my birthday mine and my sister's so oh, sure. yeah so it just kind of like feels a little More extra yeah so you just feels a little extra hard of course um but the thing is a lot of people don't know what Black Lives Matter like is, or not even knows what it is, but knows the hashtag and is just saying words and are just mm. acting to act. And I even posted on my story a couple of days ago, and let me just pull it up because one of my friends just reposted it, and I'm so thankful because it felt like such a little sign for right now. Mm. And she said that I said there are a lot of people just posting to post. None of us are asking you to perform. That one post about George Floyd on your story three days ago, I don't give a fuck about it now. It's not helping me now. Your performance isn't helping me now, so you need to sit the fuck down. That being said, there are a lot of people who have genuinely wanted to unlearn and have reached out. While it is not mine or anybody in the Black community's responsibilities to teach and unpack our trauma for you, know that some of us do it because we want to and out of the kindness of our heart, do not make them regret it. Allyship is a lot of work. It is not one day and everything goes back to normal. Understand that. I did not get the choice to be black and I love my skin and admire every single person who is around me. And however, I did not get, I did not get the choice and was subjected to these traumas like a hand-me-down. This was a pass down through generations, just like many of yours is white privilege. So you either stand with us intentionally and honestly, or you sit down and get left in the ashes and rubble while we burn these cities down. And it's just every single person that is just posting one, two things and then acting like everything's going back to normal. It's not. This is not going back to normal. The We can't do our normal. We can't. We don't have normal. This is my normal. My normal is waking up and knowing that I'm Black every single day, even when I don't acknowledge it all the time like I just know it it is just something that is there and 
you know it when you walk into a room and people are staring at you and you just kind of either are accepting it or you have to pretend like you don't notice it. And if you don't notice it, it could get you hurt. So it's like one of those things of, especially when I'm around my black friends, it's like, uh, there's too many of us. Like we make jokes all the time and knowing that these jokes are the only things that are making us make light of these situations. If there are more than five of us in one situation, we're like, or in one area, one group, we're like, oop, guys gotta get out. And that's when I'm with girls. When I'm with boys, oh my goodness, when I'm with boys. So yeah, I <laughs> call out these brands that are loving me and screaming. They want your money, they don't want you to live. Yeah, you want my... It's, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And even when I'm seeing people like, like, for example, oh my gosh, I saw like this Bratz one, Bratz being like, hey, we've messed up, like, da, 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 like this is us call it like saying, hey, like, we stand for Black Lives Matter. I've even seen people saying that, like, I think it was Lululemon was like, oh, I messed up in the past. Like, this yeah. is us showing, like, what's going on. I'm like, yeah, show. Because, for example, like, I just started wearing Lululemon, I want to say, my first year of university because I didn't, Lululemon was too expensive for me, wasn't my thing, da, da, da. Got my first pair of Lululemons, I was like, I deserve this quality, nice stuff. Seeing that Lululemon has stood up for me and stuff like that, Lululemon, it's my girl. How you doing? You're Let's proud, Let's hang right? out more. Yeah, I'm, I feel great. I feel good knowing that people yes. know that this is something going on. And I don't know whether or not it is a performance. I don't. But I know that is, I rather people say something than not say something because people that don't say something to me, you're racist. And if you, and it's just that, like, it is honestly very simply just that. How dare you not want to just stand up for somebody, for something? What What is so scary about standing up for Black people? What is so wrong about staring standing up for black people so yes jackie call these people out let them know because i can't do it i don't have that influence i don't have that power and if i stop buying from these people yeah sure we had an amazon what was it an amazon like strike a couple of weeks ago i want to say and i like told my mom i was like mom let's not order anything from amazon she was like why i was like i don't know they just said not to very simply, I don't even know what's going on with Amazon, but Black Lives Matter, so nobody says anything about that, and nobody's striking Fashion Nova and da-da-da for not saying something. You need Jackie Inet to come and yell at you and call you out on her platform to do a little something. That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. And like she said, I laughed. She was like, oh, and if when you want to start posting like your light skin, tan girls in their blackfish, I was like, yeah, yeah you have models that are shaped like black women that they were being made fun of for. So it doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense. Like you want to love black culture and black music and everything. And you're telling me that I have to subject everything that I am down to a month, one month a year, one month a year and a couple of deaths. Doesn't make sense. And you yeah. want to only pay attention to me when I'm dying? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't. So I, as a 21-year-old, 
can scream. I can scream right here, right now. And people will just think I'm crazy. And that's fine. Like, no big deal. Mm-hmm. But what else am I going to do? Because I can sign as many petitions as I want to. I can protest. But that was that one protest that happened in Toronto. And the thing is, Courtney, oh my goodness, you're seeing Toronto people and influencers not posting about the the Toronto protest that was going on literally two days ago. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me that people are posting about how Black Lives Matter, but only talking about the one that's going on in America as if this stuff doesn't go on here. Like yeah. we are Canadian. I am Toronto based and it doesn't make sense. And the woman are- um, that called the cops, um, is it Amanda Cooper? I think is her name. Yes. She's is Canadian. From- oh my goodness. She is, I believe, I remember I saw it on Instagram, University of Waterloo, something like that. I was like, oh, oh, somebody take care of this because close to home. Yeah. How it's close to home. And people think that this doesn't go on in our own country. That's very naive to think. It's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous. There's that idea as well. There's that idea that like it's a a U.S. problem, like as though racism doesn't exist in our own country. And it's really like it's it's crazy for me because I like it's hard for me to speak out on this as if I've always known it because I really haven't like university taught me mm-hmm. this and that is the privilege I really grew up with like I didn't know anything about colonialism until university which is like mind-blowing but also it's like there's a lot of issues there in itself of like what we're learning in school and the way that like I was taught that indigenous um communities like kindly gave up their land for us like just the language used in schools and teaching about history there's so much miss there and for people in Canada to think that this is just an American problem oh the crazy Americans so much fucked up shit happens there there's only a little border in between us. And just because our gun laws are different, it does not mean that racism does not exist in Canada. There's uh, heavily, it, it it's here, it's prevalent. And you may just not hear of it on social media either. Like you just might not see the news as you may in bigger sto- stories in the States. Like it's naive you to think. And-, and you might not even find the statistics. Like we were talking about it. You can't even find all the information when it comes to Canadian black and indigenous and people of color's lives all the time. It is ridiculous how like I just had a class, my first class in university and it was about African, the African diaspora. And she was talking to us about how some black slaves were in like the first black community in town and stuff like that was in Nova Scotia here. And I was like, I did not know that. Like, I had no idea. And just that this entire thing is going on and we're acting like it's not in Canada. Like, we're acting as if racism just magically disappeared because our pretty little town has a handsome prime minister. Like, no, it doesn't work this way. Like, we are all sitting here and dealing with the exact same thing just in different places and I have grown up I have grown up feeling I've grown up feeling safe and I'm thankful for that I'm blessed that I felt safe 
but I've also grown up knowing that I am not all the time. Mm-hmm. My Even before this whole thing was happening, my best friends and I went for a little social distancing walk and a police officer drove by us. And the way that simultaneously all three of us held our breath, just body shifted, knowing that a police officer was near us. And it did not stop until this man was gone completely. And I don't want to say man, this police officer was gone completely. And I want to say gone like lights, like past the first light, past the second light. Like I moved to the sidewalk to see that this person was out of my distance. Like I, out of my view, I could not, I could not. And my best friends calmed down. And I asked them like, what were we going to do? Like, what were we going to do? Like, what were we feeling? And she was like, we have no idea whether or not they would make a U-turn and just like pull right behind us and we wouldn't have been paying attention because we calmed down like that fact of having to be so aware of everything all the time is so exhausting I you don't realize how much pressure and tension you hold in your shoulders until you like actually release yeah and I don't realize how much I don't release and I don't realize how sore I am so often walking around in public just because I am scared and don't realize I'm scared or it is someone there and I'm just not like we talked about it one it is I'm black and two I'm a woman and Mm -hmm. I said it it's like I know that people see me black first and I could be wearing a hat and and look like a black guy and if I look like a black guy oh my goodness if I look like a black guy and just it's internalized right like you have yeah. your, you know the way that you feel like you feel it you've, in your core yeah you've learned to do certain things in your daily life to keep yourself like safe or you know I think like because just being like as a woman you're already kind of internalized the certain social and cultural things amongst like being loud and like talking like speaking your mind because you know as from previous episodes I've done for the podcast like the crazy girl trope like if a woman gets angry she's crazy but or if we have resting bitch face we're a bitch but if a man has the same resting bitch face he's just thinking really inquisitive thoughts like it's Mm -hmm. you know so that being a woman already has its like pressures but then being a black woman you're under so much more scrutiny and you just learn to deal with it because you don't have a choice. And Oh yeah. I am. I can't relate. If I am any louder than this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I am pissed off. If I raise my voice, if I am, there is just everything about black women that you are either too much or you are too little of something. I must have an ass. I cannot be too broad. Like poor Serena Williams, like that woman is beautiful and gets subjected to so much scrutiny because Mm -hmm. she has muscles and it doesn't make sense if she got pissed off because she had an awful call and all of a sudden she's too aggressive animalistic this woman looks like a gorilla everything it doesn't make sense it doesn't so yeah I know that being a woman is difficult I see when we struggle I see what goes on but then I also know that there's shit that I deal with as a black woman by myself that white women that other women of color indigenous women as well just won't get and that is okay 
It is more when you don't get it and you want to act like, like people want to act like they do. And I'm saying you in such a general thing. So I'm so sorry to everybody that's listening. I do this thing where I say we and you, and it's not for anybody else. (laughs) But it is so insane to me to think that people want to say claim sisterhood in a lot of feminism, like groups and stuff like that. And even I was listening to something like to your podcast again, and she was talking about burning bras and doing stuff like that. And I thought about what it would be like if I were to burn bras. Mm. And I was like, I could not burn bras. That was not my revolution. That right now is making people think that I look like a thug, that I yeah. am... Just the stereotype. Just the stereotype automatically. Like that is not my revolution and that is not my sisterhood. I can't be. And the riots that we're having right now, I absolutely do not condone violence, but this is a way that I fully feel that people are screaming and shouting and I will let this happen. It's not something I can control. It is something that I feel people need to do. And Mm -hmm. People are fucking angry it is, and they have a lot to be angry about. Yeah, but it's after so many ways of trying. So it's like, I've tried all these things and now this is what it has to be. So like, stand with me, sisters, and allow me to do this and stand in harm's, not even stand in harm's way, but know like you, like there have been so many things that I've been seeing on Twitter, like this, oh, this sweet, sweet white man who wrote, if they start shooting, stand behind me. I was like, holy, like that yeah. to me if I saw that I'd be bawling like I just got thank chilled. you for that yeah mm-hmm. like that is insane and sometimes of course not even that's so big that is so big of course start smaller talk about me and help me and be with me stand beside me when I am the only black woman in a room and you can tell that your little friends are making comments about me or when I'm in courses and I know that I'm the only black woman in a course and we talk something about black lives and not that you are speaking for me, but mm-hmm. ask, ask questions, learn with me because I won't know all the answers. I'm 21 learning and living this, living this. And that is what the situation is, is that we're all learning together. I'm, yeah, like we are learning together. And while I'm living and learning this, I'm also trying to understand that this is not a reality that I want to bring my kids into. And it makes me so sad. Like I just, like for a few days, I was bawling, just bawling my eyes out, thinking about all my friends, thinking about all my people and how we could live and have kids that were black like completely fully black both parents and have it awfully we could also date Mm -hmm. outside of our races and our children would still be black and be seen as black and they would still have it awfully Mm -hmm. and there is literally nothing we could do if we Mm -hmm. didn't change what was happening right now and so I'm sitting here thinking so far ahead I'm 21 years old why am I sitting here thinking about the daughter that I pray that I have not having to fight so fucking hard 
and thinking about like, oh, I don't want to go and live in the U.S. anymore as much as I really, really, really want to go because I'm afraid I'll die. So let me just Mm -hmm. live in Canada. But still knowing that this shit is happening here. So regardless, it needs to happen now or do I not get to bring a child in or do I always have to feel this fear? And when I do want to bring a child in, do I have to explain that to her or to him? Like, hey, baby, this is what life is like. And that's so unfair to have to be my age and thinking about it. But it's also so unfair to the youth that have to acknowledge that they are black and that gets seen as awful like that gets seen ridiculously and so no I don't want to hear like we're all sisters and this is one group because that's not what it is and so when I think about everybody I'm like I want you to be my ally by standing up and knowing and acknowledging that every single thing that you do whether you feel like you are impacted by it or not black is in every single thing that people do every single thing it is in so many Mm -hmm. different aspects of our lives it is embedded in so many of our institutions it is insane how much we don't even realize it is but is in every it is in every single thing that we do so to act like it's not to pretend that it's not shameful it's shameful so like shameful oh yeah that was good wow thank you for sharing that (laughs) and I think like just even from my own perspective I mean my discomfort doesn't mean shit but there's just Mm -hmm. this like I've, I've been in love with a man for on and off for two years who he's black and you you know I lived downtown and when I heard like there was a shooting close to a place he used to work, I called him like, and like I I was bawling because I don't even think he knows that I was bawling or any of this, but he doesn't listen to the podcast. It's fine. Um, I was so terrified because I just I didn't know what happened, and I just I was aware of the injustice that can occur like I can get pulled over by a cop and not worry for my life you know just the little privileges not the little the big privileges but the I I mean like the daily instances that we don't think about um and just the fear that I had for his life is just I didn't even know what circumstances happened but I just it was one of those things that's like downtown at night he's a black man are you okay like are you what happened and it's just it's that fear and I don't know that people who don't like if you don't have personal relationships maybe it doesn't feel like that but it is inhumane to not be able to at least connect with the fact that we like that people fear loved ones lives like I I would I we're privileged to not be worried about like my sister being shot and killed on the street like I'm privileged to not have my parents teach me certain things to not do to avoid being stereotyped as whatever being like a theft or all the different things that's used to describe black people or wearing like a hoodie over your head and being seen as sketchy like it's just all these horrible things that I cannot relate but I just I 
I don't know how people are just waking up now and just like I don't I don't get it I'm like how are you just noticing this now like what where were you where were you when (laughs) oh it just it just makes no sense I'm like you're you guys must be blind or were living under a rock that was big enough and I wasn't invited to it and that's rude and it doesn't make sense because I sit here and I think about it all the time you are telling me that you have never met a black person in your life you've never seen black people on tv you have never even thought about a black person in your life to even google it to even wonder what a black person is living like to hear their names to hear what their voice sounds like like it doesn't make sense to me that you could be living under a rock for so long and act like black is not around to the point where you just don't even think about it to the point where it's so away from you that you can't even put like dying under a man's knee like you can't even think about what that would feel like like think about what that would feel like take away the race like aspect of it like race is in this race is in this and I will continue to like let everybody know race is in this but take race out of it you're telling me you cannot think about what it feels like to have somebody's knee in your throat or in your neck and not be able to breathe and think that Mm -hmm. that is awful yeah and think that that is scary and not know what to do and then act like the little things that are going on like you know like for example the n-word you know from time people know from time not to say that word you know not to I don't even know when people learn not to say that word but you know not to say that word and here we are we have fucking Hannah Banana from the Bachelorette on Instagram live saying it and being so oblivious to why it's problematic. I did. Yes, you did. You did. So explain to me how you're acting as if you did not know. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that if you know you're not supposed to say a word and you know that there is a fear that not is embedded, but like, because racism, racism is learned. It is not embedded in anybody so where did it come from and when is it learned this is for families and parents and stuff like that to be like hey like my kid is I've had my little nieces are like 10 now blah 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 and freaking she's when she was five years old is telling me that her little friends are telling her that her skin looks like poo excuse me like, yeah, like that, you're telling me that if that is happening in kindergarten, so no, I'm not going to pretend and I'm not going to act like you guys aren't only noticing it and only seeing color mm-hmm. when we're dying. Actually, because that, it doesn't make sense. Up, that brings up a really interesting point, too, in like the way we think kids are so innocent and they're not like mature enough for certain conversations it it very much aligns with the way that I mean a lot of my um passion comes from the lack of sexual education and the way that Mm um the way that we fear away from those conversations so with like little kids I just a lot of the 
narrative that is used to justify not providing sexual education at a younger age is like they're too innocent they don't need to know that they're not doing that da, 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 da. all of these like turning a blind eye to how smart kids really fucking are and then and and shying away from any kind of conversations about that especially within like topics of race topics of sexuality like that's why we grew up with people running around saying fag as a joke yeah. because it was a, a learned teaching that you know what fag means is supposed to be one of those things that like especially boys could call each other and know it's like the like one of the worst things you could call another little boy kind of thing you know and it's i, I really I really hope that like we can move into, and I think we are moving into like, especially millennial parents are becoming um, advocates for social justice issues and teaching their kids about them. But I think a lot of parents don't know how, because they even haven't, they haven't even educated themselves. And like, it's an, anyone listening, it's so important to keep this in mind because it is a taught thing. Um, people don't just wake up, or they don't come out of the womb racist. Like it is a learned practice and from different things, but just being silent about any of these ideas is also being complicit because if your child doesn't hear it from you, they're going to hear it from somebody else, hear it from TV, movies. Like it is so embedded in culture that it is our responsibility to break that bullshit. And I want to know that the first time that I, oh, sorry, lovey. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I said I just I said I just wanted to acknowledge that the first time that I ever heard and like ever heard the N-word was when I was in grade five because a white student called me it. Mm. And I remember coming home to like my mom and asking her what this word meant. And she was like, We don't say that. And I was like, Okay, wow. okay, but what does it mean? Like, what does it mean? She goes, It's a mean thing that people say about black people and we don't say it. And I was like, okay. And she was like, who said it? Like, who said it to you? And I remember being like, no, no, like, it's fine. Like, blah, blah, blah. And going back to school the next day and more people had known that word and more people were like, oh, Anaya, like, da, 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 I heard you got called this. And I was like, whoa, like, we're not supposed to say that word. And yeah. you're telling me that I'm in grade five hearing this word. And these are like kids who are probably like a year older than me saying it. And my kindergarten cousin is being told that she her skin is poo at that age mm -hmm. no racism is not something that is taught because I know my teachers are not here saying Anaya your skin looks like shit like that's not what it is it's not and I know that mm -hmm. I had a black teacher at this time who once she heard it was like Anaya are you okay and I'm sitting here not actually understanding why this is such a bad word like why it is and then growing up and being like, you're not supposed to say that word. Don't say that word. Even me, like I do not say this word. It is not something that I feel comfortable saying because it has so much disrespect to it. But I know Ooh, I can't. Okay, say wait. It. I want to dive I into that. that. I'm comfortable enough saying it. I will say it. Yeah. I want. I want to talk about that. Like because I think there's varying opinions um, of like people who are black who like some want to reclaim the word but others mm -hmm. choose not to say it. So I, I'd love for you to just quickly explain like what your kind of feelings towards it are. Okay. So I have had both kind of sides of it. 
for example, like, you know, that what I actually, I will say, like, I recently just started saying the word and feeling comfortable enough to say the word when that Chris Brown and like Lil Dicky song came out. And like they switch spots. I was like, this is kind of funny. I can say this. So I started saying it and like was like, all right, cool. And then my best guy friend says it like casually and somebody else said it back and he laughed. And I was like, no, we don't give people that are not black the permission to say that word. You cannot say it. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. Like, da, da, da. Like, I gave her a pass. And I'm like, no, like, that is not okay. Because then other people feel as though they can say it. And then they're not understanding the significance behind this word. You're not understanding the history behind this word. So when you say it with an A, I feel like people make it softer. It's like, oh, it's okay. It's not the harsh version. And I'm like, no, no, this derives from this really harsh word that is so hurtful like for example I will fight for this word I will fight for this word fully no no question somebody says it to me and (laughs) whoa because it is a breaking point and it is so disrespectful like it's something where I know how dare you so I have no problem when people who want to use it to feel liberated feel liberated like do your thing you want to be empowered and take it back I know I can say it that is my choice because I am black but it's when we give it to people that don't understand anything about this word so that's powerful wow like individuals in certain cultures who feel like oh I've grown up in black communities da 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 I can say it no you cannot it's not fair it's not fair if you have a drop of blood a drop of black in you historically you were called a mulatto and you got disrespected and I understand that but you also got so much privilege where just being black was seen as something so wrong. Negro by itself even seems like such an awful word. I even cringe just like, not even cringe. Like I feel tense knowing that that word, people feel like they can use it and it is just so harmful. And it's not harmful in a way where I feel like, oh, I will cry about it. I will if somebody were to dare call me the n-word you're being put on blast because if you feel like you can disrespect me you must be out of your mind i also know that i have had friends who have said the word around me realized that they have gone too far and are now understanding like oh, this actually hurts Anaya. Like, oh, I can say it around white people, but this actually hurts Anaya's feelings. Like, this word is a powerful word. And some people have that, and some people are like, "Mm, not really. Like, it's just one word. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, people say, like, I've even had, I've had my friends give me excuses being like, oh, well, da-da-da. Like, people say it in songs. Like, okay, and, and, Mm -hmm. and like if if I'm walking around like you not take away the walking around part you know not to say 
the F-A-G-G-O-T word. You know not to say retarded. You know not to. I, you know not to. And when it comes to the N-word, I sit there and I don't understand the desire, like the actual desire to say it. It is like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I It's candy to have to say this word. I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's this one video of this black, I think he's a sports reporter. I'm really not into that, but this black man and he was like, <laughs> He was like, oh, look, I think these white reporters were like, well, you can say it. And he was like, okay, well, then say it. He's like, say, he's like, you know, we can't say it, this white man. He's like, you know, we can't. He's like, well, if you want to say it so badly, I'm giving you permission to say it. The black man's like, I will say it with you. Say it. And he's like, I can't. He's like, okay, so why do you want to? Like, what is it? Why do you want to? So what is so bothersome about me being able to say it, but not you? Why do you need to own this too? What is it? It's so interesting. interesting. So like I, as a black woman, have zero problem like when other people say it. I feel like a lot of people get so comfortable saying it that they don't understand the historical background behind it. And when you don't, it just desensitizes the entire thing. But then there are so many people. To clarify, you're talking about other black people saying it. Other black people, yes. When other black people say it, I have zero problem with it. Sorry. But when you desensitize it, like, to make it seem like it's just no big deal, too. Because there are Black people that are like, oh, well, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, no, it is. It It is a big deal because then you're giving other people permission to think that it's not a big deal. Yes. And when they don't think it is, they're not going to – they're just going to keep doing it. And I also want to say yeah. that, like, sometimes me fighting that fight doesn't mean – that like every single person in the black community is fighting this fight with me. There are definitely racist black people or towards like them that are, it's it's ingrained, it is. And there are people that don't think that what I'm speaking up is gonna help anything. And there are people that think that we need to move past everything that has happened in the past or else we will stay where we are. And just, in general, this one word is a word that has so much power from the past that got brought to the future or got brought to the present. And we're acting as if we're acting as if it's the word the, like we're acting as if it is so natural and as if it doesn't have power. And we made like I grew up thinking like we made a bunch of swear words that we weren't allowed to say for no reason like why Mm -hmm. and why can't I say fuck like what's the problem with it and now being 21 I'm like I swear all the time like do I swear around my mother no there's no need to but I know things like the n-word the f-word and the r-word to me are words that I sit there and I'm like "Ah." yeah like ah these are not even swear words these are things that are so much worse so why like how dare you why do you want to because we can say past empowerment it's like for what yeah yeah we can say fuck as like oh for fuck's sakes like just kind of in in that casual language the difference between like saying it casually and like oh like looking someone in the eye like you motherfucker it's a very different Mm -hmm. it's a different intent Mm -hmm. okay but so 
you know, however you feel about swearing, I have a potty mouth. I'm always fucking swearing, but it's different. It is so different because it doesn't have that like historic um, oppression and the fact that like people are still being shot and killed for, you know, the same the same reason within systemic racism like it's just it's not white people's to say and I mean I've always kind of questioned it like I that's why I was really intrigued to hear what you thought of it because I always wonder like you know I know that I I understand why it's in rap music like trying to reclaim the word but sometimes I do wonder the heavy use of it if it does kind of desensitize it and it's not my opinion to have like I it's always just something that kind of I question but I've and I've no, I have never I haven't formed like an official opinion because it's really not mine to have okay. but it's just one of those things that I, I've always questioned because I am such a fan of rap music as well and hip-hop culture that it, it's like I think I, I think it's a very kind of thin line of like you said there are black people who think that it's like it's a no big deal and I I worry just because of the ignorance of so many white people that they think that they can say it like it's just it's a weird thing that I don't I can't personally it's a lot of yeah it's a lot of like I have a black friend I can say it too or like they said it like what's such a big deal and how many times like my favorite artist says it so da 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 like the amount of times that uh for example we say like oh they like they're white but like they're black at heart or like they grew up in a black community and therefore like it's fine so yeah there's a lot of people that I can see why people say it but then there's a lot of people that say it and then want to just make an apology and put themselves on private and turn off their dms so they don't ever have to hear about it again and that just make a little thing of like oh let me just cry about it and act like i didn't know what it was and da 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 and then and not really take responsibility for what it was Mm -hmm. or feel as though they can say it and there's no repercussions because they've been around people who just haven't spoken up and that's another thing of if you are a white or a person of color who knows that you should not be saying that word tell your other friends not to say that word like tell Mm -hmm. them not to I should not have to be in the room for you to be like uh don't say the word like there are so many times where I have sat in a like sat been in a club and had songs come on that I know has the n-word in it and me and my friends will stop and look around to be like I want to see who says it and it's kind of like a game but it's also one of those things of who will not be anywhere near me and let's see what this society is like and let's see who feels so comfortable saying this word when no one when they don't mm-hmm. think that somebody is watching them let's see and sometimes I wish People we could almost abolish the word for that reason like sometimes mm-hmm. I I would like I don't know I, I like I said I'm not the one to have an opinion on it but like when you're rapping and you're just getting into it sometimes like it's not that I'm not, I'm not saying it's allowed but or there's any exception but I just kind of like I wish we could kind of just not use it um in 
music I, I don't know I see it's problematic for me even to fucking talk about it <laughs> but yeah, it's I just one of those things that, mean. I know I know I, like where white people listen to rap like and we want to celebrate like I think many people do want to celebrate black culture and our allies and their activists and just I don't know within the music sometimes it's like it, it the fact that we play that game of watching on TikTok are they gonna say it are they gonna not you're pausing like ooh, 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 waiting it's just I think it, it I don't know it's one of those things that I just if we didn't have any music it would kind of just like get rid of the problem but then that's me just doing an easy fix like a band-aid fix so really it's I don't know what the fuck I'm saying no, I definitely hear what you mean in the sense of it being a Band-Aid fix. I think that's a very good term for it. And it doesn't really fix the problem. And it is taking away a word that was created. And how, when are we going to take away the word? Because if we're going to take away the word in music, the word still exists. I didn't hear about it in music for the first time. And I pretty, I know that we heard it within, when I was younger, with an E-R, not an A. And so that word is still a word. And if we're going to talk about that, we might as well go all the way back in time when this word got created. So yeah, it counts as a Band-Aid fix. It should be to the point of what inside of you is screaming, I want to celebrate. And to celebrate, I have to say a word that is so disrespectful to Black people. That is not a part of Black culture. No, It no. is not, like the N-word is not a part of Black culture. It is a part of Black history. Yes. It is yeah. something that is there. It was. Sorry, right, I don't know there. if I said it that. Is something... I may have. No, no, don't even worry. Okay. Don't even worry. It is. That, that was not my intent. Something... <laughs> no, don't even worry. Don't even worry. It is more. We're all here. We're all learning. We're educating. It is something where it is just, it is a word that was created to be used disrespectfully. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I. I want to learn more, to be completely honest, because I've heard of it from different perspectives that it means one thing of like prince and king and da da da, and that's where it derives from. But I know that it is used in a disrespectful way, and that is what is important to me. I know that when I got taught, it meant horse and all of those things. Like that is what my mom wow. was, like she was like, that is what they are trying to explain to you and I. That is not, it's not good. Yeah. So of course, as time goes on, as ages go and everything like that the word might be changing but it has always been something that is disrespectful towards black people in a way that is if it is not being said from black people I feel as though if black people are saying it like in a way that means king and all of those if that is what it is and I'm saying it towards my friends like of course but sometimes that's not the case and there are situations where that's not the case and we act like it is just a word and it's not just a word and that's what's ridiculous is that we act as if it doesn't have so much power behind it it's not something simple like the words I'm able to say right now it's not mm-hmm. and we don't give it enough credit we don't I'm glad we dove in- deep into that because I think that it's just like one of those things where if we don't really talk about the varying opinions like um, we can't really like come to a conclusion I guess like for me you just kind of answered like because because I've thought about it a lot and I've done a lot of reading upon it and all the different history of it but it's just like in practice there's 
I think it's different. And to be able to like have this discussion, have people listen to this discussion, hopefully we can just think of it differently and kind of um, remind ourselves that when we're listening to that music, like why it, why some people choose to use it and still know that it's not white people's to use. <laughs> like mm-hmm. reminder alert, it's not ours to to discuss and why and like why it's not you know like it's not just like it's so fucking stupid that's the thing that bothers us white people like really that's what bothers us it's fucking stupid yeah no i love everything that you just said and i think that that clears up a lot of confusion for me and for some other listeners so I'm glad we discussed that. Now, we're getting into a long podcast episode. I think we're going to have to do a part two to discuss other things. <laughs> oh, bring it on. I'm ready. Amazing. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, glad that we got to discuss kind of the social media activism. And I hope that people listening can take a few takeaways in the sense of holding accountability to the people you give your follows to, to not only like influencers, but brands you purchase from. Um, expecting more because that is how change does amplify if one brand look at Fenty Beauty Fenty Beauty came out and suddenly the entire beauty industry were launching um, like darker shades in their foundation Mm -hmm. collections and stuff Mm -hmm. it always happens when one big brand not always happens but when one big brand takes a stance they're there is a chain reaction that sometimes follows. And I think that that is so important. And I just urge everybody to kind of think about that and, you know, just be intentional with who you follow on Instagram, what influencers you allow to get paid from having a quote unquote influence and um, to support these things because it's, it's not something we can ignore it being, being silent is being complicit and whether that makes you uncomfortable or not, um, no one fucking cares if you're uncomfortable. You have to lean in. You have to lean into the hard conversations, lean into learning. This is not something you can turn a blind eye to. And I hope that everyone listening knows that like this is a feminist-based podcast and feminism includes racial injustice. And if you identify as a feminist, that's you have to do the work to learn what that all means. And um, I mean, I'm here to host different conversations so that hopefully we can continue to like continue the momentum that's currently happening and um wake up in a better place for years to come it it's it there's enough is enough and I'm on my like I I, I'm on a pedestal right now kind of as I'm speaking because it feels like my own personal TED talk but I don't mean to put myself in the white saver complex I hope that no one gets that confused it's leaning into discomfort. It's leaning into having other conversations and um, doing the work and standing up and showing up. Um, yeah, I think that is all I need to say. So, Anaya, I would love for you to pimp out your Instagram, your Growing in Abundance Instagram, where everyone can find you and give you some love. Okay, so you can find me at on Instagram at Anaya Bouco, that is A-N-A-Y-A-B-O-U-C-A-U-D, or at Growing in Abundance, it is G-R-W-N-G. There are no vowels and anything like that in growing. 
um, in and then abundance. And yeah, I would love for everyone to give me a little follow. And I hope that everyone becomes more aware that you see things a lot more in your everyday life. Pay attention to where, when you're going grocery shopping, to Walmart, to what you're following on social media, like Courtney has said. There are so many things that you can do as an ally that I probably didn't even get to express well enough, but I'm so thankful that I got to be here and talk to you, Courtney. Um, So thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for being here again. And um, just to clarify too, this is not the end of it. This is not the one podcast I'm doing with a black woman. And we talk about racial injustice. Like this is, we're going to continue this. And I like invite anyone, if you're willing to discuss on the podcast, shoot me an email. We will set something up to connect because these conversations are what makes us understand one another that, you know, shines a light on the broader systemic issues. And I just want to thank everyone for allowing this platform to exist without listening. It wouldn't be relevant. So thank you. Um, With that said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Of course, there's a new episode every Monday and for the months to follow, there will be a bonus episode. There'll be more information on that on my Instagram. We have changed the Instagram for the podcast to just at strategic slut because it's broader than a podcast now. And um, like I said, more information for that to follow. And my personal Instagram is at the not so average betch. I would love for you to leave a comment about what this podcast taught you, any takeaways um, and share with your friends. That's the only way that this podcast has the ability to grow. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great week and take care.